Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Wow, so proud of all of you for being here today. Good for you. Good job. Um, I'm going to start. I actually think I have a word from the Lord. So I was walking. I have a, I have a puppy, Gracie B., Somebody asked me what Gracie B stands for. Well, before Bob passed away, he named our puppy Gracie Bob. And um, so I call her Gracie B. It's really interesting. When she's in trouble, it's like Gracie B, and her ears go back because she knows when you use that middle name, trouble. But I was walking her, um, I think, Saturday, and we started at about 5.40 in the morning, and we had that heavy storm, you guys, just heavy rain. Like, it's been cold. If any of you walk, it has been stinking cold. And I feed the homeless, and I went and checked on them during the storm, and I just want to put a plug in. Our homeless people right now, it is miserable. It makes me want to cry. It is wet. It is cold. It's miserable. I've gone out in the rain and gotten soaked checking on them and taking socks to them and trying to help them stay warm and stay dry and feeding them, and, and it's been a tough tough go for them. So if you think you don't have anything to be grateful for, you're not out on the streets right now. But we were walking and they're going to throw up a picture. It was probably about 545. And I looked, the sunrise hadn't even come yet. And this picture doesn't do it justice, but it was gorgeous. It was clear. It was crisp. And then when we started to finish our walk right near my house, like not even two blocks, the snow is so low on the mountains. And I was just overwhelmed by the majesty of God, the beauty and grandeur of his creation and who he is. And I just stood there and I just marveled because it's beautiful right now. And I just said, God, it is so beautiful. And it's amazing to me that we had this horrible storm and yet there's so much beauty in what you've created. And I felt like his spirit gave me a word for me, but I felt like it's for you too. The Lord said, sometimes we go through the storms and during the storm, you don't see the beauty and the majesty, but I'm still God, I'm still here. And this is what you'll see after the storm passes. Yeah. So I speak that over you. I've had so many people say to me, Pastor Sherry, I'm so thankful 2021's over. It's a new year. Listen, you guys, this is life. Yeah. This is life. And I know it's been a rugged year for a lot of people. I, I really honestly get it. I do, but we need to enjoy the journey. And um, in my life, my, my, not to, but anyway, in my life, my mom passed away three months later. My dad passed away. Bob got diagnosed with cancer. Our life changed when he had cancer. A lot of you didn't see all the stuff that he went through. <clears throat> Drayson got diagnosed with leukemia, and then I lost Bob this year. I mean, it's not been the easiest years, but the bottom line is the goodness of God and who he is, it's good. So let's enjoy the journey. So I want to talk to you today about sowing and reaping. You know, we reap what we sow. And I've taught this because I've taught school for years. I've taught this to kids. I've taught this to our youth. I've taught it to the women, but I don't think I've ever preached on it. And I felt like this is really a God word in my life, but a God word for you. And if you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear these words. Don't give up. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give, up. don't give up. Oh, that was feeble. 
I'm sorry, you need to do it again. You're the last service. I know you're going to be hungry. Say it again like you mean it. Come on. That was better. Listen, sometimes we look at people and they're successful in their business and we think, man, they're so lucky. And we look at people and their marriage is really good. Like I look at Dan and Mary Brooks. We've known them forever. We knew them before they got married. And they never fought. I cannot even relate to that because I know you think Bob and I were perfect in our marriage. We weren't. We fought and did it well until we learned how to fight nicely. Or you look at somebody who's in shape and you think, man, they've got good metabolism. And the bottom line, that might be a bit true, but they're consistent. They've worked to get where they are. They've been consistent over time. Successful people do consistently what most people will only do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what most of us will only do occasionally. I've never had anybody come up to me and go, Pastor Sherry, I accidentally paid off my student loan for $20,000. Pastor Sherry, my marriage is just great. I just woke up today and now it's just good. Our Pastor Sherry, I'm so close to God right now, I hear his voice. It doesn't just, ta-da, happen. It's because they're planting good seeds. It doesn't happen accidentally, but intentionally with consistency over time. So we need to understand that our intentions don't determine our direction. It's our actions that determine our future and our direction. It's always the result of countless, consistent, seemingly small decisions that we do day after day, time after time. It's the small things that no one will ever see that lead to the big results that everybody wants. It's consistency, it's faithfulness. The problem is, we do small things, but we tend to give up. Everybody now, it's 2022, people are sitting there writing out their New Year's resolutions, they're so excited, I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm going to spend more time in the Word. I'm going to walk. Day one, woohoo! good job. Day two, open the door. Oh, it's 38 degrees. Yeah, I'm not going out there. I'm just going to eat a bag of chips. Day three, ah, it didn't work. And we laugh, but we give up. Jim's too far. So, Father, I pray this morning that as my Word goes forth, people will hear my Word. It will be your anointing not my strength, just put myself aside, God, speak through me. Father, I pray that the power of your spirit and the truth of your word would speak to all of us and empower us, God, to live a consistent life. Let us die to ourselves, let us live according to your spirit, and let us honor you in the small things and trust you with those and know that we will see a harvest of righteousness because we've planted the right seeds. And we pray this in your name, amen. Will you stand as we read the scripture this morning? Oh, good, such an enthusiastic group. Thanks for joining us online. I know you're in your pajamas, you're not standing up. Galatians 6, uh, we're reading verse 7 and 8, and we'll look at 9 in a minute. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Say that with me. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction, but whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap will Reap eternal life. You can sit down. I'm going to spend most of my time this morning looking at these verses. We'll look at nine in a minute. I'm going to start with don't be deceived. In Greek, don't be deceived means don't be led astray. Don't be fooled. It really means don't be stupid. 
He's saying, don't be deceived, don't be fooled, and don't be stupid. And God cannot be mocked. That word in Greek, when you translate it, it means to snub your nose. Like to thumb up your nose. It means you're not gonna do what God wants you to do. It's just like Gracie B, my pup, who's a year old. Gracie, don't dig. And she'll look at me and wag her tail and then turn around and dig. We do that to God. We know what we're supposed to do, but we don't feel like doing it at the moment. A man will reap what he sows. This is a law. This is what the word says. We will harvest whatever we plant. I want to give you three laws to this scriptural principle. There are three laws that will always be true. It's just like if I stand here on the edge of this step, and if I step off of it and lose my balance, depending on which way my head goes, I'll either fall to the right or left. It's the law of gravity. Listen, if I fall off the ledge, I'm not going to fall up. I'll fall down. In the same way, this scriptural principle is always true. You reap what you sow. Say that with me. You reap what you sow. Whatever you plant, that's the type of harvest you're going to get. Number two, you will reap more than you sow. Say that with me. You reap more than you sow. You guys have no energy. This could be a long service. Let's do number two again. You reap more than you sow. Look, when you put a seed in the ground, you always get more than what you put in the ground. If I put an apple seed in the ground, it produces a tree which produces apples, and I put one seed, and I've got all these apples. And number three, you reap after you sow. Say it with me. You reap after you sow. That was a little better, not much. You reap what you sow. You need to understand. You reap what you sow. If I plant corn, what am I going to get? Corn. Good job. If I plant corn, I'm not going to get a pineapple. Right? But sometimes we plant bad seeds and we're expecting to have a good result. And we forget that we're going to reap whatever we sow. So I have here a planter. I have carrot seeds. I have my planter, and I forgot my tool again. Never made it to any of the services. I'm putting all the dirt here. I have carrot seeds. When I bought my carrot seeds, they told me repeatedly, you cannot plant these seeds. It's the wrong time of year. They're itty-bitty seeds. So I'm going to take all these carrot seeds, and I'm putting them in the dirt, and I'm planting them. Now, when I taught kindergarten, my kindergartners, we would plant a flower, beautiful flower around Mom's Day, my carrot seeds. And the kids would plant it, and then I'd put all their planters in the windowsill, and they had colored on their beautiful planters. And I noticed my kindergartners, after about an hour, would go over and go, grow, grow. And the first day, they were really excited. Second day, they were really excited. First week, really excited, but by week two, or two and a half, they forgot they were even there. And then one day we came in and here came the buds. I said, oh look, here come the buds. And they were like, eh. And then after about another week, here came the beautiful plants. But they didn't have the patience. But if I plant these seeds, I'm not gonna get a cantaloupe. I'm not gonna get a cantaloupe because what kind of seeds did I plant? Okay, you will get a harvest of whatever seed you plant. Some of us think that we're going to have really good things happen in our lives, but we're not planting good seeds. Like your job. You can't understand why things aren't going well at your job. 
and you show up late and have a really crummy attitude. In your relationship or in your marriage, you can't understand why it's stagnant, not going well, and you're not very nice to be around. You're not very forgiving or loving. You all got really quiet. <laughs> or you look at your body and you think, I'm not in good shape. And then you eat that Twinkie and ice cream, and you don't walk or exercise. If you don't like what you're reaping, my precious friends, you need to change what you're sowing. If you don't like the harvest in this season you're in, then change the seed. If you don't like what you're reaping, you've got to change what you're sowing. Look for just one seed today in your life, one seed to plant. Do you want to be more forgiving? Do you want to be more loving? Do you want to be more patient? Do you want to know God better? Do you want to be in better shape? Do you want a better attitude? What is the one thing where you can plant one seed? Do you want to be out of debt and keep planting that and keep doing it and doing it and being consistent so you're going to reap that harvest? One thing. I'm not asking you to change your life. One thing. One thing where you'll be faithful. Number two, you reap more than you sow. This is a principle. Our God always multiplies what we do. I planted some seeds and it's going to multiply many times over when it grows. I have been in renovation. You'll notice I wear the same clothes over and over. I want you to see my closet because everything got moved out of my bedroom and I thought um, construction, you can put up the picture of my closet media team who's so amazing and fantastic. Now, the men are like, oh, what's the big deal? And the women are like, oh, right? Oh. So I thought initially, and it's not construction's issue. I have great construction. It, I thought initially that it would take two to four weeks. Um, we started the, beginning, the end of October. We're now in January. It just pains me to even say that. And so this is my closet. I have these really nice Uggs and some really nice clothes, and they're all in a box that I put in my garage, but now all of my bedroom furniture is blocking all these boxes that I can see, but I can't get to, and I don't want to move all the furniture, and I just look at them and think, oh, the Uggs would be so nice in this weather. So four weeks ago, I ordered, because they redid my room and my closet, I ordered a new closet. Now, it didn't go well, but I don't want to be detrimental to the company, so I won't tell you what company it is, but it's Closet World, but I won't tell you that it's Closet World. So I ordered this closet, and the gal came and sat with me, and we designed my closet, and I was so excited, and I just had these visions of, oh, I'm going to have a closet, and clothes will be hanging, and I can find shoes, and it'll be amazing. And I looked at her, and I said, just tell me when they'll do this. And she said, well, we're kind of backed up. And she said, it might be the end of January. And I said, nope, can't do that. Needs to be in December. Okay, I'll call my manager. So she called her manager and was on the phone. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, okay, great, that's great. And she got off the phone and said, good news, December 28th. And I'm thinking, that's so far away. But I thought, I can live with it, that's fine. Made it through Christmas. Kept thinking, I'll have a closet soon. Was running for the Christmas Eve service, trying to find clothes, couldn't really find what I wanted to wear, wearing the same shoes, and thought, I can do this. I just need to do it one more week. December 28th came. I woke up. I was so excited. I could see my closet. Now, man, I know this is a journey, but hang with me. I know you don't get it. The women are feeling my pain. I could see my clothes hanging. I could see my shoes. I was so excited. They were supposed to come, and 8 o'clock came and went. 
9 o'clock came and went, and I thought, well, just the weather, they're running late. 10 o'clock came and went. I thought, oh, this isn't great. 11 o'clock came and went, and I thought, I better call Closet World. So I called Closet World, and they sent me to the people that do all of the scheduling, and she said, hang on, let me check, and came back and said, oh, Mrs. Reeve, our invoice says you will get your closet February 28th. No! No! Eight more weeks? No! I said, who can I talk to? We seem to have a major communication breakdown. Let me send you to customer service. So I got sent to customer service. Hi, this is Marissa. Thank you for calling Closet World. We're here to serve you. How can I be of service? I said, Marissa, we seem to have a communication breakdown. I'm Mrs. Reeve. I live in San Dimas. I'm looking at my invoice. And your sales representative, I won't say her name, I really won't. She told me December 28th. My invoice said December 28th. It's today. And they just told me that it won't come until February 20th. Hang on, Mrs. Reeve. I'll find out what the problem is. She came back and said, February 28th. No. I said, Marissa, we have a major breakdown here. I cannot go eight more weeks without my closet. You do not understand. I cannot do this. I am going to, you, you need to fix this. I'm going to cancel the sale. And you know what she said to me? I don't like your tone. <laughs> I said, honey, you work in customer service. I am the customer. You are there to serve me. I'm being a helicopter right now. But if you'd like, I can be a jet engine. They are paying you to listen to me, and I am not happy. And you're supposed to fix this. How are you going to fix it? And she said, I don't like it when customers are unhappy. Oh my goodness, Marissa, you are in the wrong shape. What part of customer service do you not understand? You probably should be in scheduling or a different department. How can you help me? Let me talk to a manager. I'm sorry, Mrs. Reeve, they're not in. Okay, Marissa, when do you think they'll be in? Boy, I don't know. They just show up when they feel like it. <laughs> well, can you have somebody call me? Can you tell me they'll call me by the end of the day? I don't know. I don't want to tell you that because then if they don't call you, you're really going to be more upset. I hung up the phone. I was so frustrated. And then I remembered that I was studying and reading about planting good seeds. So it took me about a half an hour, and I thought, I'm going to start all over. I called Closet World. Hi, this is Mrs. Reeve. Can you give me somebody who can be helpful? You see, we seem to have just a bit of a breakdown. I'm sure that I was so nice. I made myself sick. I was so nice. I determined I was going to plant a good seed because I did not want Marissa to walk into church someday and go, oh, yeah, I remember her. She had a bad attitude, which I don't think she's going to last long in customer service. So after six calls and two hours of being as nice as I possibly could be, and I love cell phones that they cannot see you, I finally got this result. My closet will come January 10th. Yes, we should clap about that. Listen, are you planting good seeds? What seeds are you planting? If you walk into a room full of people and you smile, a lot of times you'll get a lot of smiles back. If you walk into a room and you're acting like a knucklehead, you're going to have knucklehead results. 
I've been reading this book, and I know a lot of you want to read a book this New Year, so here, I'm going to help you out. You don't need to read it. I'm going to give you the book in the next three minutes. It's a book called The Compound Effect. It's by Darren Hardy. One big principle in this book is that the small, smart choices and consistency in time will equal radical differences. It's called The Compound Effect. Small, smart choices and consistency and time equal radical differences. When you do small, smart, consistent choices, you're planting the right seeds, and God will send down his rain, and he'll produce a harvest of major changes in your life. So I'm going to change his illustration for my purposes and change the names. His illustration's better in the book. I'm going to take three men. I'm going to call them Sammy the Same, I'm going to call them Billy Better and Wally Worse. They live in the same neighborhood, have very similar jobs, similar marriages, very, very similar in their personality. They're a bit overweight. They're middle-aged. They eat too many Twinkies. They have a bit of a spare tire. And Sammy the same does the same thing over and over and over, again and again. He complains about life, but he never changes. He does the same thing repeatedly. He's a lot like people we know. In fact, Sammy the same reminds me of the construction worker that went to work. He'd sit with his coworkers. He'd open his sack lunch and go, bologna sandwich again? Can you believe it? I don't even like bologna. And he did this for days and for weeks. And after about 22 days, he opened us up his lunch and said, I have a bologna sandwich again. Can you believe it? And George, one of his coworkers, said, hey, just tell your wife to make a different kind of sandwich. And he looked at her and said, I make my sandwich. I make my lunch. <laughs> now we have Billy the Better. Now, Billy the Better came to the cause last night. He heard my message. He took my sermon to heart. He started reading his DNA journal every day. This is the DNA journal. We have it at the Connection Center. You can go through the Bible in a year. You can read the scripture. It gives you a place where you can write down what you read. You can put your notes, and you can put your application. He just started spending about 10 minutes in the morning and at night in the Word. When he went to work, he started listening to worship music instead of the news. He started even watching the sermons again on YouTube. He decided he was going to work out. He started walking three times a week. He even decided he was going to cut 125 calories a day, that he was going to give up chips and soda. I know that's painful for some of you, but that's what he decided. And then we have Wally the Worst. Wally the Worst goes to the cause, Easter and Christmas. He believes in God, but he never does anything. His marriage is pretty stagnant. Things weren't going well. Things got harder. He started to play his video games more. He started to play his video games more, and then he started to gamble a bit. And he just got so lethargic and so discouraged that he started to eat a Twinkie every day. Now, for Sammy the same, after about two months, no difference. Two years, no difference. Everything was the same. The only difference was he complained more, and his marriage kept getting worse. For Billy the Better, he was doing all these small shifts, and you couldn't see a difference immediately. But after about eight months, he started to feel better, have more energy. He started to lose a bit of weight. And the bottom line is within about 18 months, he had cut out 117,500 calories, and he lost 33 pounds. He was getting fit. He was confident. He had a closet where he could see his clothes. He had new clothes. 
He would put on his new clothes. He would swagger or swag or whatever. He had the mo going, whatever the saying is. He was just a different person. He felt better. He was nicer to his wife. There were, they were more lovey-dovey. Things were going well. You could see major changes. Wally the worse, he picked up some bad habits. He got more discouraged, started to gamble, started to lose a lot of money. His marriage got worse. Things went downhill. He put on 35 pounds. It wasn't going well. They made decisions. Why? Because it's not what we do occasionally that makes a difference. It's what we do consistently. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. Just one thing that you want to change. Don't try to change three to five things at once. Just one thing. I promise if you do that, you're going to see a change. You always reap what you sow. You'll always reap more than you sow. And number three, you reap after you sow. You'll reap in a different season. You plant in the fall and you reap in the spring. You've got to wait. But a lot of us get discouraged. I prayed for two days and nothing changed. I went to the gym three times and I didn't lose any weight yet. I walked twice and it's too cold and too hard and I don't see a difference and you give off. I'm trying to pay off my student loan of $37,500. I gave up Starbucks for two weeks, and I don't see a difference yet. And we laugh about that. But in so many ways, our entire life is a sum total of the decisions that we make. Because in every action, my precious friends, you're choosing a direction. We all want something different. We all want something better in our life. But the problem is, even though we want similar things, we're getting different results because we're not all willing to pay the price and be consistent and perseverant. We try on our own strength and eventually our willpower gives out. We are in Christ. We are a new creature in Christ. And because we're in Christ, His Spirit will give us the strength. It'll give us the tenacity. It'll help us to do the right things as we rely on His Spirit and don't rely on our own self. It's not our power, it's His power. Greater is he who is in you. He can help you to not make wrong choices. We are not trying, my precious friends. We're all in training. If you make a mistake, pick yourself up and do it again and do it again and do it again. How do you judge the success of a day? Did you honor God? Did you do good? Did you make progress and plant good seeds? Are you working towards a harvest that honors God? We don't judge the success of the day by the harvest that we reap. We judge it, my friends, by the seeds that we're sowing. What seeds are you sowing? And then verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for in due season, at the proper time, when everything is right and when God has watered and put his sunlight on it, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Say that with me. Do not give up. Say it again. Do not give up. And one day in springtime, my friends, you're going to wake up and realize that all the hard work you put in, all your discipline, your sacrifices, your faithfulness, it wasn't wasted. That God took that and gave you a harvest. It's like if I took room temperature water and very slowly heated it up. It would take a long time, but it eventually would go from room temperature to 82 degrees. 
82, and then 97 degrees. And then eventually it hit about 114 degrees, 197 degrees, and finally 201 degrees or 211, and it'd be boiling. Didn't happen overnight, didn't happen quickly because I went room temperature slowly. In the same way, when you plant those good seeds slowly, good things will happen. People will look at you and say, you're lucky. And you'll know, no, no, I wasn't lucky. I was faithful. Listen, this has been a difficult year for a lot of you. Not my favorite year. Things didn't go the way I wanted them to go. There have been times when I get awake in the morning and I don't want to get out of bed. And I decide I'm going to plant good seeds and be faithful. And I have a great family. I love my church family. I love my life. And my, my, my commission is still the same. I'm here to serve God. I'm here to feed the homeless. I'm here to do my best. I'm here to be a mighty warrior for the Heavenly Father. I'm here to see you guys disciplined and discipled and see you powerful. I'm here to see you healed, healed in your relationships, healed with your finances, healed physically. I'm here to pray and see miracles. I'm here to join with you and see Southern California saved. It is not always easy. I will see God in eternity, but I have a temporary time here. And I'm just saying to all of you, there are things people will never see. And they'll look at you and go, wow, you just look so good. Things are going so well. And you'll think, they didn't see when I fell down and made myself get up again and get up again and get up again. They didn't know when I had self-doubts and insecurity. They didn't know when I had to fall on my face and say, God, this is so hard. And I know you're God, but I didn't really sign up for this. And then you had to switch that to an attitude of gratitude. They don't see you praying. They don't see you fasting. We're going into fasting right now, starting on Monday. You have your handouts. You have your bracelet. 21 days of fasting. Listen, this isn't a time where you can lose weight and diet or starve. We're not asking you to go 21 days without eating. This is a time when we go before the Lord and give up something. And we're seeking Him, seeking His kingdom, asking for a breakthrough, asking for His Spirit to really speak to us and see a difference because our church is going to move forward. We're going to see our lives changed and we're going to impact and influence those around us. So 21 days of prayer and fasting. People won't see you doing that. They won't see you getting up earlier in the morning praying. They won't see you staying up at night reading His Word. They don't see you enduring criticism with somebody around you that you love who's really hard on you and you choose to have an attitude of forgiveness and love and you go back and just love them despite how they treat you. They'll know nothing about the grind, the perseverance, the pain, the small consistent disciplines that you put in. They won't see any of that, but you'll know. It's the seeds, my friends, that you've planted. It's the harvest that God's promised you. You're going to reap a harvest of righteousness if you don't give up. Don't quit praying. Don't give up believing. Don't stop believing for the salvation of a loved one in your family or a friend that doesn't know the Lord yet. Don't quit giving. Don't quit saving. Don't stop trying to climb out of debt. 
Don't stop fighting to stay pure. If you have an addiction of some kind and you fall on your face, pick yourself up and start again. Today's a new day. You make the choice. God's going to make the change in your life. Keep seeking God. Keep pressing into God. Get up early. Stay up late. Bring that sacrifice that nobody's ever going to see. Do something that nobody will ever know about that makes a difference in the kingdom. You show back up. You do it again and again and again. Is it easy? No. Are you going to see a change overnight? No. Is it painful? Yes. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Because God is still God and He reigns and He's going to use you. You bring a little more. You go to the gym and they do 10 sit-ups and you do 12. And you just do one more or two more. You just do a little bit extra. You say yes to those things that are right. You say no to those things that are wrong. You keep chipping away. You get up. You do it again and again. Day after day, you invest in your relationships. You get out of debt. You invest in that. It won't be easy, but God will make the change because you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Don't give up. Too hard. Yeah but you can do it again and again and again. So I ask you today, what's one thing where you're gonna plant one seed that's different and be consistent and over time know that God's gonna make a change in your life? Shall we pray? Father, today we ask by the power of your spirit that you'll speak to us, God, about one area of our life, just one area. Might be our, our diet, when we get up, our attitude, our tithing, our debt, our generosity, exercise, being more forgiving, more loving, pursuit of you through prayer, through your word, more time in worship. And God, we lift that up to you right now. Whatever it is, just lift it up to him. Those of you joining us online, lift it up to him. God, we ask you to help us plant that seed of righteousness consistently. And we trust, God, that we are planting the seeds and we will see a harvest from the right seeds we're planting. We pray that by the power of your spirit, you're going to help us to make one change. It might not seem like anything big in the moment or in the weeks to come. We might not even see a shift or a change. We might want to give up, but we'll be consistent and faithful and do it again and again. And we thank you that we will reap what we sow and you'll multiply it over many times. And it might even be in a different season that we, than what we sow it, but we want to honor you, God, by what we sow. So by the power of your spirit, because God, we don't have the ability on our own power. God, we're not trying. We're in training. We do what you've called us to do, and we pray, God, that you'll help us to honor you. God, we love you, and we thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. We thank you, God, that you're going to come in, and you're going to supernaturally change and transform our hearts and our minds, that we'll make right choices, God, that where we go, where we pray, we will see miracles happen. We thank you that every day, God, we will praise you and look at the majesty of who you are and not the circumstances of where we're at. And we thank you that through us, you're going to influence and impact other people that will be a beacon of hope. We'll walk in footsteps of peace and we'll bring joy and laughter to those around us. And all of my precious friends said, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 
714-255-0930.